0: Suit Friday listeners, we're back with part two of the Women Aviation International Conference. And uh, we're going to jump right back into it. We looked at uh, Coast Guard Day and what happened yesterday during that. And now we're going to take a look at some SAR cases that Cassie had. And uh, Amanda's going to help me out. Let's do it. Shifting gears a little bit. Uh, keynote speaker.
1: I mean, something I've been looking for too for a long time.
2: Here, <laughs> Amanda's like, you
1: just looked so giddy up yeah. there. So yeah, introducing. Honestly, her. I, Cassie was introducing uh, her, uh, and I leaned over to Chloe, but noise. I was like, I think like we're either going to watch Cassie like spontaneously explode, <laughs> or just like melt it into a puddle. I mean, she was like, yeah. so, she was probably vibrating and yeah. like, <laughs> like she was so excited, like just like starstruck. Really I mean,
0: if you can't already hear the like. Change in her tone of voice, yeah. just mentioning the <laughs> keynote awesome. speaker. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, she, and she was and it is incredible, but I'll let you, I mean, tell, tell the good people who you got. <laughs> tell the good people. Well, <laughs> We
2: had the wonderful pl- pleasure of having Tammy Joe Schultz uh, with us yesterday, and I'm not sure if everybody knows who she is, but she wrote the book Nerves of Steel. So yes, pushing that out there. I already bought hey, Amazon out, so you may have plugs. to wait. <laughs> you may have to wait a little bit until they reprint the books. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but Tammy Joe Schultz was one of the first female Navy jet pilots, uh, like one of the first to go through F-18 uh, fighter pilots, and. And for me that's that's was one of the connections I had. My dad was a Marine Corps F eighteen pilot, so that was kind of cool to have that connection. Oh nice. I don't I don't think I knew that. Then. Nice. Not a lot of people do. So okay. I guess maybe I people learn was a pilot, about me. but I didn't yeah. know and Well Sam's mom joking.
0: will at least know now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe my mom will listen to this one too. So yeah. I mean, that's two moms. Okay. I know. It's yeah. crazy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna tell my mom about this. So,
1: yeah. <laughs>
3: so
1: how did um, you come across her though? Like how did you find her book? So I think one of my friends actually
2: found the book and they sent it to me for my birthday or something. And, um, you know, that's at least as far as my memory bank (laughs) remembers. And I, I read the book and I fell in love with the book and with her. And I thought she was like such an inspiration. And, um, I know for me, I I am very strong in my faith. And I, I think that that really spoke to me in her book of like how honest she was about her faith. And, um, you know, having been through some things in life and flying as well. I'm like, oh man, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my faith, I think in some ways. And and at least try to, you know, uh, continue to do what we're doing and with hopefully some positive energy is what people get from me. I hope uh, it's not negative all the time out there. Yeah. And so we were talking as a planning committee of like, hey, who, who would be a good speaker? Oh, so to finish, Tammy Jo Schultz, switched over to Southwest airlines and she was the pilot on the flight in April, 2018 when they blew out an engine that hit the, one of the windows in the the passenger side and they were up at like 32,000 feet. So they had a rapid depressurization of the entire aircraft and lost a lot of their flight control capability. And she, you know, safely landed that aircraft and saved 148 people on board and, and, uh, in the book, it quotes, you know, at the end that she, you know, obviously then they're going to bring in all the medical team and stuff and he's checking her heart rate and blood pressure and. Yeah. Doing all the normal, and, like you were just in a mishap. let's right, Take all like, your yeah. vitals. Exactly. Yeah. And he turns to her and he's like, do you just have nerves of steel? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, excuse me. You know? And yeah, and he's like, everything is like normal. Just yeah. Like, like your heart rate baseline, is. Baseline, like e- not you know, even she, elevated. She obviously just cool, yeah. calm, collected. I do my thing. I get people on the ground safely. And so just, you know, very humble and, and down to earth and and there for people. And so as the planning committee, we were trying to think of names, like, hey, who do we want to be, like, our keynote speaker? And, you know, so we put this name out there on a survey. And I'm like, I have no idea how, how, are, we gonna how are we going to get in touch with her in the first place, right? And so- you know, when we started this process, we started working with women military aviators and other great uh, organization out there. And so we've kind of been helping them with some of their planning process in this as well. So it's been a team effort and cross organizations working together. And she sends me some of her documentation from previous years and I'm looking through pictures and I'm like, is that Tammy Jo Schultz? Like you can't miss her, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the picture. And, she's uh, pretty tall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's
0: like. A kind of a recognizable face too. Like once yeah. you see it, I feel like, oh, I know who that is. Right.
2: Yeah. And I reach out and ask her this and she goes, yes it is. It's like, well, we've been, she's at the top of our list, you know, for keynote speakers and now I'm talking with my hands because I'm super excited here. <laughs> <You're>
3: like,
2: <laughs> like I'm watching it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she goes, I was like, but I have no idea how we're going to get in touch with her. Like how this even works, you know, like, do I just, I don't know. Do, do we Google her or does somebody <laughs> have like yeah. an email? And she's like, oh, I can get you in touch with her. And so, you know, it's just kind of crazy, like how you start these relationships like early on. And then a couple months later, then this kind of happens. And, you know, this is why we work together and network with people and, you know, gather ideas. And so she puts me in touch with Tammy Jo Schultz. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, I'm about to call her. I'm like, what am I gonna say? You know? <laughs> what if she's mean?
3: <laughs>
2: and I'm like, okay, just don't fangirl like too hard when you're <laughs> yeah, the for it, the first time. Yeah, keep it cool. Keep it cool. Yeah. Be, cool and be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Be she was just so awesome and, and down to earth. And I call her and she's in the grocery store. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, I'm actually in the store right now, getting some stuff. Can I call you back in like, you know, ten minutes? I was like, of course. <laughs> uh,
3: you grocery <laughs>
2: shop? <laughs> yeah. It is kind of like, oh my gosh, you eat food? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <like>, <laughs> <laughs> You're a normal person like me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, you know, such a great conversation. And I, you know, we were like talking about budget and, Um, I was like,
1: we don't really don't have a lot to offer. I'm going to be honest. I'm asking you to come speak to a bunch of people and I have nothing to give you (laughs) in exchange. It was like, it's like like, a classic Coast Guard negotiating technique. Like, hey man, we'd love for you to talk to the unit. Like, okay, cool. What's your budget? Ooh. Uh, how does a zero sound?
0: (laughs) How about uh, the kindness of your heart?
1: (laughs) How far does a hug go?
0: So I won't
2: won't say like, you know, what uh, that all came down to, but she did tell me um, on the phone, she goes, you know what? We all went to the same flight school. We all started in the same place and I want to do this for you guys. And so, um, yeah, just very cool. And talking to her, you know, it was one of those things you're like, do I really want to talk to somebody that I really look up to? And then my whole image of this person is like shattered and it's, it's been everything and more, you know, than like looking up to her. And I personally thought she did a phenomenal job yesterday and kind of just ended our day on, on a high and, and spoke through, you know, just kind of growing up and the challenges that she faced being a female, coming through the military during that time frame and you know how many times she tried and tried and tried to get into the military in the first place and then into aviation and you know one of those things is perseverance like just continual perseverance and hard work and attitude and the thing i like to tell people is like there's two things that we can kind of control right which is our work ethic and our attitude yeah. and i think that that makes a huge difference in our projection forward and she absolutely has those two things. And, and one of the things that she left us with, she kind of talked about the, the whole flight uh, Southwest airlines. And one of the things that really stuck out to me, and I'm curious to see what stuck out to you as well is she didn't talk about necessarily like how she, she never said that she was the hero in this story. She talked about the heroic actions of other people and she didn't just say my flight attendants, she knew every single person's name. She knew the passengers that stood up in the back to help other passengers throughout that flight. Uh, Her first officer that was in the plane with her and how she was like, I wanted him to know that he was part of the team too. And I trusted him fully that when we were basically falling out of the sky, right?
1: Yeah, with after a rapid uh, depressurization, depressurization, couldn't couldn't breathe, their ears were like, your drums were probably bursting.
0: Yeah, they snap rolled to 40 degrees.
1: Stopped over 40 yeah.
2: degrees. Mm. The whole cockpit is shaking. They couldn't read the instruments. It's filled with smoke. So they're trying peers to get their oxygen masks on. Yeah, yeah. They're freezing. hearing a roaring <laughs> sound. And, you know, once they get their oxygen masks on, they've both been flying. She just taps him and is like,
1: hands off. Yeah, takes your her controls. hands off the controls just to like reinforce them. Like, it's still your airplane. Right, you're flying.
2: And that really like, stuck out to me as she was talking as, you know, all those people that she named and the heroic actions that they did. And it was never about her, you know? Um, so I thought that that really stuck out to me. And then I can't remember exactly what the question was, but she said, you know, there's like three, three H's that we can take with us in life, right? Which is habits, hope and heroes. And, uh, kind of hearing her explanation for those things really stuck with me. And I don't think that that's something that I forget. So,
1: yeah, I think, uh, the quote, I think the similar thing stuck out for me where she was like, you know, I'm trying to do this thing. I'm trying to, you know, at some point like Darren and I are both, she's like, she said in real time adrenaline is like amazing thing and helps you prioritize information, but she's got all of these mishaps from other flights going through her mind. And one of the one is, uh, from the, Swiss Uh the one where they were like fighting Air each France. other on the control. Air France, the Air France right. one where they're like yeah. fighting each other on the controls, like all the way until they impacted. Um, she was like, "Yeah, that like flew through my mind," so it became very important to me to commu- like. Darren was flying; her first pilot was flying when the uh, when the engine threw the blade. So she's like, "I wanted him to know that it's still his airplane." And I don't know, man. A lot of sixty-five drivers I've flown with would be like, "I'm the PIC. Like, give me the controls. Like, I'm going to do the controls mm-hmm. and the radio." And it's like, "Okay, I'll just." sit here, um, as your co-pilot. So I don't know. I, that stuck out with me. And I think trust. Yeah. Like I know I've literally like part of my career is invested in teaching you how to fly straight and level. So like if nothing else, I should be able to trust you to fly straight and level. And like, I can help do other things. But she also said, uh, your daily habits, something like your habits will turn into your instincts Mm -hmm. on your habits on a good day will turn into your instinct on a bad day, which was like, whoa that's like, that translated to me because I'm like, I think I, I try to tell co-pilots a lot, like you, when you taxi out from your ramp and you're going to take off from hotel or whatever your spot is that you're from the ramp, like, and when you're coming back home to that same spot, like how many hover landings have you done? Like probably a lot. Like maybe you come in and do a no hover, like take that last, like, don't take that last landing for granted. Like do it AFCS off, do a no hover, do a min speed, like I don't know, like make that your habit to like get something out of every flight. Like if you're left seat and you're not even right seat skills and like I'm going to go hoist, like do something, like get something on that flight. And I was like that in my mind, I was like, that's kind of a habit that could become an instinct of like you, you get those reps and now you can fly the aircraft.
2: And she was talking about checklists as well and how. She goes, you know, you just, that aviate, navigate, communicate just became aviate, aviate, aviate in some
1: yeah, you know, Just
0: in some kept looping back over. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean, she like kind of delivered yeah. I mean, Kenny, we were talking about this. So she, she sort of like, I think I I asked her like, how did, like, were you doing checklists? Like what EP were you following? Yeah. Because, And that's when she came up with the three H's. Yeah, and she was like, well, um, we knew that we had an engine out because we had all those indications. And then definitely pieces of shrapnel had like severed fuel lines and hydraulic lines. So we had those indications as well. And I was like, how do you, how do you, where do you start with that? I mean, it sounded like she's like, yeah, I kind of just tossed out that I did the checklist items that I knew we needed to do. And then I'm just flying the aircraft. Like I'm single engine. I'm super heavy. Cause I just took off, uh, and I'm not anywhere really near my destination. Uh, and so it was just like, I don't know. And I, we were talking about from in the commercial aviation industry, it's even like less uh, common to just like toss out a checklist.
0: Right. For a a helicopter guy, you're like, oh, we'll just just land easy. But in the commercial world. Yeah. Skipping Skipping checklist is is a big no, no, right? like Yeah.
2: (laughs) And she admitted fully to it. And she goes, but I knew the things from the habits that I had built that I knew we needed to do to get down safely and to land essentially.
1: And she uh, she also said at some point she was like, I knew I was I wanted to be responsible for every action uh, from that moment forward.
0: I, I really keyed in on that moment That's because she even said it was right after she's like, okay, okay, I trust my first officer. And I said, Hey, you're flying. But she's like, in my mind, I knew from this moment on, from right now until we either land or we crash, everything is on me. And you're like, well, yeah. that was, that just
2: gave me chills. So yeah, like, you're yeah. just repeating that. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: And
1: she was like, mm-hmm. I was, I think at the same, and that same breath she was like, I did, I wanted to own those decisions because I wanted to do what I knew was right and not because I was trying to look ahead to whatever future investigation or whatever future regulators were going to review this incident and the mishap and stuff. Like she wasn't looking through it from that lens, like a CYA type lens. She was like, no, I'm going to own every single thing that we do. Uh, and it was like, it was so empowering. I think just like listen to as a pilot, be like, yeah, like you own the machine, like, uh, run it. And I mean, Doing those checklists every day, doing you know, flying the right parameters every day, has has equipped you to handle this situation as you need to. So it's not. I don't think it's a license to never do any checklists, but like, you no, know, you do it when you need to, so that when you don't uh, have the time or have the bandwidth to do it, you can you can, you know, operate safely, like in the gray.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't know what I was expecting her, you know, talk to be like, but I was totally blown away and just hearing your guys's reaction and what you guys keyed on versus what I did, I think is, is pretty interesting. Cause um, you know, you were talking about, you know, heroes and I've had this conversation actually with uh, one of my friends that I went to Cal Maritime with. He's a uh, CEO of a, uh, the Alaska Marine highway. I forgot which one, but um, he talks about like, cool. So in that moment, like it was her responsibility. Like mm-hmm. she was, Absolutely. she was called like, that is her job is to get everyone. Whereas like those people in the back, like that's not their job. Like they mm-hmm. paid, they were just trying to get to LAX. I forgot where they were going, you, you know, go
1: to
0: Dallas, Dallas, yeah. like their job was just to get to Dallas. Like
1: that, like they were
0: actually, that was heroic, right? Like they risked their lives to save other people on that plane. I thought that was really cool. Right. Just having those conversations where like, we know as people, as PICs is going out, like everything from this, from the yeah, moment we're like charged with we're, that. We're charged with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what I
2: tell people now that I have learned, uh, you know, especially like in advanced star boards or AC boards is like, I learned a lesson very early on that. Like I, when I sign for the aircraft, I am not just signing for the aircraft. I am signing for four lives with me. And, uh, that is a big responsibility. Yeah. Like, that you have, you are responsible for every single person in that aircraft and the aircraft itself. But honestly, it's the lives that are in. Right. Yeah. The t- on the yeah. tier
1: of that. Yeah. You want the aircraft to, to, you want to be responsible for the aircraft because of what it contains, like what is inside of it. And those are the people. Um, yeah.
0: That, that, that's exactly for right. For people and who are think-
1: unfamiliar to like what we're talking about as far as like the passengers. So basically what happened is this engine exploded, yeah, right? Uh, it just threw a fan blade, I think, and it like peeled off like the cover. The pictures are crazy. If you get to like Google, honestly, you probably just like Google Tammy Joe Schultz and you'll like see some of the pictures of this aircraft. But so the pilot, I think the captain side um, exploded. Yeah, I think it was captain side, right? Which yeah, is the that, left seat for them. Yes, um, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> This is a helicopter yes. podcast. Okay, lay off. Anyway, so they exploded. It took out a passenger window, which led to a rapid depressurization of the entire cabin, which is why she felt like a huge, they felt like a huge impact from the side. All of a sudden they can't hear. There's 500 mile an hour winds going through the cabin. They thought and, they got hit by another aircraft is what yeah. she said. She yeah. yeah. Uh, people can't breathe. All the oxygen masks are down. Uh, a passenger like gets partially like sucked out of this window. And so what we're talking about, uh passengers i think once they sort of got a handle there was like a few people who uh got like unbuckled came back to that uh passenger i think 14 and were like trying to like pull this woman back in and like they it was like one passenger i think had like reached to get a hold of her and another passenger was like holding his feet to like make sure he didn't get sucked out and they're like right. trying to like get this woman back in another person is like trying to help this like 6 month old baby get the oxygen mask on cuz like mom's like having trouble getting it situated and like and all of this is happening as they're like literally falling out of the sky. They're trying to get from like, you know, 32,000 30, 32, feet. Yeah. Down to to like
2: drop an altitude so that they don't need the oxygen. Get some oxygen. Anymore.
1: Yeah. So it's like six or seven minutes of like absolute chaos. And these like passengers who like take it upon themselves, like get up and just like help their fellow human being that they don't know. Uh, and flight like, attendants. Yeah. Yeah. And the flight attendants who just like unbuckled and walked down the aisle and like, came back bruised and scratched and like i don't remember if she said
2: they had anything broken but she said there was a lot of injuries because they took that
1: upon themselves to help they could have just stayed strapped in yeah like they could have just saved so anyways that's kind of for people who aren't familiar with the story that's kind of what we're talking about where we're like all these and she like does such a good job in her talk about giving those people credit uh probably almost like
0: And and like, you try to put yourself, I'm like, okay, I'm flying with my five-year-old and my three-year-old and my wife. Like, am I going to risk my life to save that person when it might mean jeopardizing my family? I think that's where like the heroism part comes in where like, okay, I expect the captain to get this thing on the ground. Right. Um, Not to say that, you know, she didn't do an amazing job, but I I expected, I think people would expect, you know, her to fight for everyone's life on that. and, And she- she recognizes that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how I would react in those moments. I, I'd like to think I would do that, but to your face with those life and death decisions, it's hard to to know how you're going to react.
2: And I think the piece that, uh, the other piece that we had, had, the other H we didn't hit on yet was the hope piece, yeah. which kind of came like kind of in between those things. So she talked about habits and then, you know, aviate, mm-hmm. aviate, aviate, then we get to av- aviate, navigate. And now we finally get to communication. She oh, goes-
1: I love what she tells the-
2: Passengers,
0: yeah. We're not crashing people. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, We're
1: not going down. We're, We're not going, going, to going down. We're going to Philly. And so she's like, I gave them. She
2: goes, that may Leave sound harsh alone right now. But, you know, and, and I just had this happen on like a hoisting flight too. And my flight mechanic talked to me afterwards. She's like, I think you said this. And I wasn't really sure how to take that in the aircraft. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, that is not how like I meant that to come across. But in that situation when it's so dynamic and there's so many things going on, sometimes like you you can't even say that much. I was like, we can't have a full conversation right now. So like,
1: I just said something and something concise.
2: No no time
0: for standard phraseology. I just got to say it.
1: Yeah. It was on a borderline of like, uh, like the unable, like landing in the Hudson like that. Like we're not going down. We're going to Philly.
2: (laughs) Right. But she goes, I, you know, once I gave them that destination, she goes, I don't know like at what point in time that this happened in the flight attendance like started you know getting up but she's like i think like after i made that announcement it kind of gave people hope of like we're going somewhere we're not I don't just know going what's down happening, but there is a plan that's like right yeah, yeah we've got somewhere where we're headed and kind of helping you know like redirect that thought again too. Right, that that attitude piece of hey it's not all just negative like there's something yeah. in mind somewhere where we're going and and then that maybe, maybe that piece of hope is like what sparked those flight attendants to get up. yeah. And then that turned into, she talks about when, when they got on the ground, she goes, I expected to get up out of the captain's seat and walk back and talk <clears throat> to the passengers Just and like, everybody to be upset furious. and angry yeah. and like have some comments and words for me. And she goes, and that's not what I found. She goes, yeah. I found basically the best side of humanity when I walked out yeah. to the cabin and- yeah, you know, that gives me chills too. She's like, everybody was there helping each other. You know, like as we should be, as a you know, as a community, as a nation,
1: as yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, it's
0: kind of
2: like a, a, a surreal,
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. like a surreal moment. I actually have a confession because when she mentioned that, I, like I flew out here to Long Beach. You know,
1: have you recently put in a complaint
3: with Starlight? Uh, no, <laughs> no, but lifestyle. like.
0: You know, you get to the gate and everyone like stands up, whatever. And this lady starts like pushing, and I'm like, "No, nope, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this lady just like push into people." So like, I stand up, you know. And you're like, <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: "That was me not being the best of humanity, right?" <laughs> well, but maybe and
1: that- <laughs> I mean, you were standing. I was like, it's just like getting up and helping with an astronaut mat, you got up to prevent <laughs> maybe not uh, from, or death,
0: from her pushing other yeah. people around. Nah, no, believe, thank you for trying to give me the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. I think I was just trying to be stop like, no, nope, not today, lady, yeah. not today. Yeah. But you, um, yeah, I, I, I loved her talk. Um, especially yeah. since there were so many aviation things that circled back and that you mentioned one of them that we didn't touch on very much, but was like all the, it's, it's really a safety plug of like all those, she's like, there were like four mishaps that just simultaneously went through my brain. It's like, I'm not going to be the air France where we're fighting your controls, hands, hands off. Um, there was another one that was like, um, she started talking about asymmetrical thrust. I think it was a Swiss that air. Was, yep. Swiss, yeah, was, was Swiss, the other one where, um, they you down know, the wrong engine? yeah, yeah.
1: one engine through a blade, they sort of in the confusion, uh, accidentally shut down the wrong engine and the way that their software was it, uh, prohibited any restarts. Yeah. So even though they couldn't even restart the good engine. And so they were just, and
0: then there was uh, another one. Uh, I don't remember which one it was, but, um, I think they lost the,
2: was this the fire one, the
1: fire on board? And they were circling, just doing the checklist.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So So she mentioned, yeah,
0: she mentioned that one. They got so
1: hung up on doing the checklist that they were orbiting over an airport, just orbiting, trying to get the checklist done and ran out of
3: fuel. And And ran out of fuel crash. Yep.
0: Yep. And then the, the, I think the last one she mentioned was the one where um, they lost hydraulics and so they lost the ability to turn the aircraft and they landed the aircraft with, you know, the asymmetrical thrust of the engines and, um, she talked about how that played a factor into her decision to not do checklists and some of the other things of like higher approach speed and not using flaps. Cause she's like, at this point, like we're test pilots. Like, I don't know, am I going to hit a certain airspeed where we depart control flight? Cause she's like, I knew we had some serious damage. And she's like, well, we're flying now. Why would I, why would I change that if I know I can land? And so, uh, I thought she just did a great job tying everything aviation all together So
1: it's a good plug for like, uh, as many emails as we get, like, man, come back to those one that your safety folks like send out in the mishaps, like just try to skim them, like just (laughs) keep reading them. And it's like, it gets real easy just to like ignore those emails because there's nothing like required. But like, yeah, the way she talked about like how the mishaps was like, man, this is why like, I just like want, it would just be nicer. I think if uh, units like chilled out with some of these like non flying (laughs) collateral things. I know it's hard, but it's like, yeah, man, like this is what people should be spending their time doing is like reading all these mishaps. and thinking about it. And because like on your worst day, like your adrenaline is going to do some cool things and like put all that stuff in the forefront. It's going to make that information available. I'll be
0: darned if I die the same way that person did, where I could have gleaned some lessons learned to be like, cool, I'm not going to do that today. That's for sure. Yeah, Uh, I might die, but I'm not going (laughs) to die the way that person that by that mistake. I
2: I absolutely believe that. And, you know, we talk about um, some of the mishaps that we've had and, and brand new AC, I'm up at Air Fact Newport, and didn't accept the best aircraft at the time because uh, I feel like we kind of in a culture of like normalization of deviance of like, hey, you just take the aircraft without a yaw channel. Right, don't I don't come,
0: coming from things, coming man. from the engineers like, do you need a yaw channel? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, now
2: um, <laughs> it's a crutch for week, finals. but ACs <laughs> yes in general just
1: not necessary.
0: Oh,
2: I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, first AC duty up at Newport, and I almost put the aircraft in the water like RT four departing from the water, went in for an IMC, and but honestly, some of that stuff played through my head of like, hey, I climbed through 150 feet. I thought that we were going to climb up to 300, and that the cloud deck was at 600, and you know, 150 feet, and we start getting the wispies going by the landing lights, and I'm like, okay, just level off, you know, and uh so I reduce collective. Well, then you know, we start yawing and <laughs> direction, yeah. and Aer-
1: aerodynamics uh, happen to you,
2: right? And then all of a sudden, it's like. Nope. We're solidly in the clouds. And kind of like that split second, kind of like she talked about, like adrenaline rush at that point in time. And, um, you know, part of my brain, like, I was like, I can't descend because if I descend, you know, I'm back to that mishap of like, Hey, we're not committing to our procedures, which is like, just climb. Yeah, You know, climb. You're in it now. Just I'm, accept- I'm in it now and don't just try and get below it again because we know what happens with that like spatial disorientation, right? Well, we still ended up in spatial disorientation <laughs> trying to climb out. But
0: right. um, I'd rather be spatially disoriented at a thousand feet than right. 70 feet, right? But that was like yeah. one of those things yeah,
2: we yeah, talked about, climb. right? In aviation, like some of those mishaps that have happened and like that most certainly like came to mind in that like split second, you know, and then there was, you know, in, in your mind, it's like a lot longer, but there's half my brain that was like, you know, when, when we tried going up modes and that didn't help us. And then it looked like the, the yellow bar screamed to the upper left-hand corner of the ADI. And it looked like we were in a down right-hand turn towards the water. And like both me and the uh, co-pilot were like spatially disoriented, trying to figure out like which way was up. And we had yawed 90 degrees. And so you know, there was like a, a split second, I guess, you know, it felt a lot longer in my brain where like everything else disappeared. And like all of the alarm bells in my head are screaming, and half my brain is saying like, this is it. Say your final words. Like you're done. And the other half of my brain was like, you better get your act together because you got three other people in the aircraft yeah. with you yeah. that you need to bring Guess home. What? Safely. No you one know?
0: else is going to save me no from right
2: now. Me. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. uh, like I said, it felt a lot longer, but time just kind of like slowed down. Right. And
1: yeah. Adrenaline is a cool Thankfully, thing.
2: Thankfully, we're, you know, we're still
1: here. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Equip your mental library so that when adrenaline happens, it has something on the shelf to pull yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully the only thing it has to pull is not like memo formats and like <laughs> awards. Yeah, and two spaces bullets. and then the hashtag piece.
0: Yeah. Beast.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hopefully it's not like a Slack channel in there that you're trying to.
0: Yeah. So, hey, speaking of Northman, I heard you're, you got like 19 air medals and like <laughs> distinguished crosses and all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Is that true?
2: Uh, it's certainly it's not that true. Yeah. Yeah. i like sure That's best, what I've been telling everybody. The best
0: yeah. pilot that's ever existed in the Well, Coast we Guard. all know
2: that that is definitely not
0: true. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have some
2: amazing pilots out here.
0: But yeah, seriously, uh, it sounds like you've had a couple awesome cases um, when you were up in, in North Bend. Um Is there one that sticks out most to you?
2: I I mean, it's probably
0: a tie between
2: two of them to be completely frank, but uh, great lessons learned from both.
1: Um, I can help walk you through this here. Oh, okay. All right. First off is June evening in 2020. Tell me who your crew is. Tell me where you're at. And you get a call at about 8.30 at night.
2: Sure. Yeah, I'm on duty in North Bend with Lieutenant Commander Josh Smith at the time, who was our AOPS AT3 Darren or Andy Ash, and uh, Rusty Summer was AST3 Jack Kelly.
1: Awesome. Uh, how was the weather that night? You know, at uh, North
2: Bend, I don't remember it being like too bad apart from the fact that the sun was about to go down. <laughs> but, you know, a little uh, misty out there and looking towards the mountains, there was definitely some clouds up there. Hitting the tops, so yeah,
1: just like a normal beautiful day in North (laughs) Bend. I feel like this podcast specifically has like we know we already know the weather conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, Oregon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Say no more. Um. All right. So you guys get a call at eight thirty. Uh. So this is. Is this after? This is after sunset, or is this like pinky time? Like pinky time hasn't quite set yet, but okay. Tell me what the call was like. What uh what was going on
2: sure so we got this call that there was a man who had fallen a hundred feet down a 400 foot cliff and was holding it on uh basically up the rogue river if anybody wants to look at a, a chart and see where the rogue river is it's pretty much a river valley leads from the ocean all the way in towards like medford
1: yeah so, was this like a hiker or was this like a climber? You know, I don't honestly remember
2: if we had any good input at the time, but you just knew ultimately, guy fell. Guy fell. And he's, like, holding on 100 feet down a 400-foot cliff. And he's, like, clinging
1: on. He's not, like, standing on a platform. Correct. He's, like, literally clinging to some rocks.
2: So later on, we found out that they had found a car at the top. So I don't know if he got, like, thrown out of the car or or what necessarily had, like, happened or if he got out and then, like, slipped and fell. I don't know why he was out there in the first place. Maybe, like, trying to scope out somewhere to hike. Dude, people
1: get themselves (laughs) in pretty weird situations. (laughs) Like, in this area of the country specifically, so.
2: Right. Uh, And uh, Interesting. yeah. So when we got there, it was it was more like he's at least two hundred feet down a like six hundred foot cliff, not not a four hundred foot
1: cliff. Yeah, and it it sounded like um, so you guys get the call, <laughs> you do some good RM, uh stuff. Anything that like stuck out to you for the transit that you guys like had to talk about, like pre brief mitigate. Like, do you guys have to make any escape sure. plans and stuff like that? Just even for the transit out there,
2: right? Yeah. So honestly, I will say that you know, this case and another case I had later, there was a lot of lessons learned from this case because of the things that happened. And so ultimately it was, hey, the call came in and you know out there, if it's an inland case like this, this is an agency assist. So it's not necessarily like something that you have to launch within 30 minutes, right? You have to like call and get the appropriate levels. And it was the risk discussion ultimately ended up being like, go as soon as you can because the sun's about to set, like try and get some daylight, right? So we head out there, start climbing up and we are seeing, of course, the clouds like at the mountaintop levels, right?
1: So- Like right where you're headed. Cause you're headed, I'm trying to look at the flight picture. You're maybe right. like, is it like a hundred miles? Like- Sort of inland, like southeast of North Bend, like in the mountains. Probably, probably around eighty, 80 or so. Miles. Okay. And so we
2: are as we're transiting, and you can't really tell from the four flight pictures at this point in time, but we're trying to create the straightest line possible we can to where they're at because they're tucked inland up the the Rogue River, and so. One of the things that we talked about is I mean, you don't use your EFB for navigation, right? But we are totally, like definitely. not your primary I am flying, source I'm in the right navigation. seat. Exactly. Josh <laughs> is in the left seat. And he's like, Okay, I need you to fly on this heading up like he's like, You're gonna go up two ridges and then we're gonna take a right. And so we're taking a right like with clouds above us through like the you know, the dip in the two mountain peaks. So you're just like you're just valley. Like, yeah, he's like then take a left and then we're going to go like three mountain peaks and then you can go right and then like again like in between these ridges and so
0: just like normal know, you, North North Bend like, Day, Yeah, I mean right? we're
2: not we're not mountain pilots here, right? So um you know Aren't something you? something a little new and uh, so the discussion was what happens if we go inadvertent IMC. Thankfully it's June and not January. And you know, so there is the ability to climb a bit if and you can so, commit to it, right? So we talked about tank. like, hey, we're gonna have to, you know, climb up or turn around, get a clearance. You know, there was the possibility that we could head all the way back to the ocean and then take the Rogue River like up and in, but that's you know a lot longer distance, and this dude's hanging on to the
1: cliff. So and this is in a delta. This is in a delta. This is pre-echo. Dennis, for know, everyone. Right? Yeah, just to remind yourself of
2: like I what love they're the with. ability what? that yeah, overlay
0: this? ability. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It is,
2: yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. None of that. None of that. Yeah. Why would we have that? I know. So
1: we- Like, with now looking back at the Echo, like, having the Echo now and looking back on these types of cases and just, like, just talking about the transit yeah. in the Delta is, like, are we were you gotta we You got to pull crazy? out your, your whiz
0: wheel <laughs> yeah. to <do> like-
1: <laughs> Yeah. So we <laughs> basically,
2: like, pick our way up there uh, through the mountains underneath the clouds. And obviously the sun's continuing to set. And then we drop into the river Valley and now we have to backtrack towards the ocean. And when we're showing up on scene, so I'm in the right seat, I'm letting Josh handle kind of this and the navigation piece and, you know, just trying to keep us clear of the clouds and the mountains. And then you're also looking out there for any sort of wires and things like that. And so, what we didn't realize and I've learned from this case is talking to the fire department, right? they had like repeaters through the mountains. Well, they had a different transmit frequency than a receive frequency. So I'm letting Josh handle the radios and uh, that'll come into play a little bit later. But we're trying to figure out where this person is. And so on one side of the river, they have a fire truck that's like pointing a spotlight, like up and over to the other side of the ridge. And we're like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> so... Yes, It's how we make our yeah, way there. so you
1: finally make it there. I'm like, look, so I'm looking at the picture now, and it's like, there's definitely like a river bank, and it's like just nestled between these like peaks and like very tall trees, and maybe there's like a road that sort of like parallels the river, but I'm curious, like when they sent you out there, did they give you like a lat long, or like how much were you like searching, how much searching did it take? So to they like did find give location? us
2: like a relative lat long, and
1: like I said, so we
2: were trying to talk to the fire department, but- It was a repeater system. So then when they started talking to us, it was, hey, the helo just flew by us. Uh, I can hear the helo coming. And so like, we're not really sure where they are because it's being repeated around, you know, the turns in the river. And so we're not really sure like where the fire department is in relation to us because there's people stationed in different spots. And so
1: then Not confusing. At all. No, I get it.
2: <laughs> so they had, they did have, like I said, a fire truck or maybe it was an ambulance that I think it was a fire truck that had a spotlight, like pointed up to the side of this ridge. And to be quite frank, Josh and I never saw the person. We had no idea like where exactly we were going except for this general area where the spotlight was because it's like and, full dark at this point. So the sun is pretty much, yeah, it's like right at the edge of pinky time as we're going to get into a hover. It's like not good for MVGs. I can't actually see anything. Right. (laughs) And, but we do have the cloud layer, you know, above us. So ultimately, like once the sun's gone, then it was dark. And so Andy and Jack saw where the guy was. And we ultimately determined, like, there's not a ton of wind, but where the wind's coming from. What do we have to do? Not a right seat hoist. We're gonna do a left seat hoist. So had you guys anticipated
1: a left seat hoist as a possibility? Okay. I not, didn't know, like, if you picked not seats. Not at that time. Did you pick seats to pick, like, hey, I know it's going to be right seat, so I want you in the right seat. Like, we
2: kind of talked about it. Josh was like, hey, do you want the right seat? I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take the right seat. But what I've learned between this this case and and the other one, maybe if we talk about it, is, like, don't really pick the seats that you want to be in because it's probably going to be opposite of what you want <laughs> Dude, to happen. So true. Do reverse psychology.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, um, so, yes, left seat hoist and then, at that point, we got into a hover, and what I, altitude are you up at at this point? You know, I don't honestly remember pressure altitude. Um,
1: at this point, like, are we like up in like thousands of feet?
2: Uh, no, not at this point. I mean, okay. we we're like uh, we're, we're pretty river. much like down in the river valley. Okay. Okay. I gotcha, so gotcha. I think th- my best guess at this point in time is like right around 800 feet. Emma, okay, so. so
1: not sea level, but not like you know, 10,000 feet. Correct. Got it. Okay. All right. So you guys roll up on scene. You, someone sees him. Yes. The rest of them in the flight next saw him. You try to pull into a hover. A hover. How's your power?
2: Uh, you know, it's not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was in the Amber, like the whole time. And going back to our Delta days, right. That a uh, 9.0 to 9.5, mm-hmm. maybe sitting there, not a ton of wind. And yeah, left seat hoist, um, Obviously, all, all your visuals are gone, right? At this point in time, too, and and what the flight mech and rescue swimmer had described to us was like, "Hey, this guy is stuck underneath a shrub, essentially." So he's and clinging so, on, and there's like a shrub clinging on
1: to a shrub, or the shrub is just
2: yeah. I think he's like clinging on to a shrub, or at least in that area is like what they described to us, right? And so, of course, he's in the best spot possible. So we get we get right. into made it very easy for you this horseshoe, essentially of trees where the rotor disc is, uh, I don't know, probably, I mean, it's hard to tell on MVGs, right? But probably within 15 feet of like our nose and to the left side of the aircraft. I'm not honestly sure how much was behind the tail, but essentially our it was, our,
1: snug. It was snug.
2: Our out was slide right and then fly up the river Valley, which then of course had a bend in the river. Yeah. yeah and there was like other
1: rising train on the other side of the river Correct.
3: as
0: well. Correct.
1: So. Okay,
3: that's Yeah, easy. and
0: that's not something we do often, right? Like, we don't judge where our rotor disc is at nighttime to, to those trees, right? And so you're like, it was close enough for we are all crapping our pants, probably, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like, oh, well, yeah. Within, <laughs>
3: well
1: within her. Like, it was a significant emotional yeah. event. Could, could be uh, six very feet. Very
0: much. Could be 25 <laughs> feet. Really hard to tell. Yes. Close enough where I don't think we're going to hit it.
1: I didn't like it. <laughs> that is for I sure. I didn't like it. Uh, okay. So you're, so are you, so then I'm trying to picture this. So you're, you're sort of parallel to the river and the terrain or you're like nose into the ridge.
2: So no, what you said the first time, but we are nose into trees. Like there are trees right in front of our face.
1: Okay. So you would sort of like slide right uh, away from the trees to get over the river and then that would be your fly out. Correct okay cool oh that sounds super easy (laughs) that sounds like any rt2 that i've done so i'm feeling good about this all right so you pull into a hover uh it's firmly dark you've got a whopping five percent torque margin available to you so you so josh has the controls at this josh has the controls right okay what's the conversation about like putting this how do you guys talk about getting someone down like what are your well the Flight mech and the rescue swimmer
2: are like, oh, yeah, he's like holding on to the shrub. It's, you know, so we think it's, just like, it's like a little small bush and um, just a little tiny, like, just yeah, a cute it's little like bush. 70 feet down there. So we're just going to do, you know, start paying out cable, put him down there. We talked about the fact that like, hey, this swimmer disconnecting at this point in time is obviously like not a possibility at all. This is like true vertical surface in a sense, you know, like not like straight up and down, but, you know, pretty good slope. Like if they go down, like they're going down to the river and that's it. And so, you know, like, hey, remain connected. We're trying to get, get this guy into uh, like hooked up as quickly as we can, and then pull him back into the cabin, and you know, then we'll evaluate what to do from there for
1: because there was nowhere services. to like short haul him.
2: Correct. Like, where we were, there was not a good option. Like, we couldn't slide left because there was trees to the left of us. We couldn't slide forward because there was trees in front of us. Uh, Behind us wasn't exactly clear either. And going over to where they had, like, the fire truck and stuff, which, of course, has, like, their strobe lights going. And it's, like, across the river. It's across the river pointing this light up at us. Yeah. And then- they're trying to talk to me and so we have two radios tied up josh had like split the radio so it was like one radio had the receive frequency and one had the transmit frequency in it and then we were trying to talk to sector and so i wouldn't even have to hoisting do that
0: i'm going to be honest
2: and i'm nodding like yes
1: i'm, I'm sure my co-pilot would know exactly how
2: to do that. well okay so so i will go back to this later cuz i think this is an important lesson that i learned later on but we essentially use uh, i'll pick for um, the sake of this conversation. Like, Com 1 just had one frequency in it, and that was, I was listening on Com 1 to them talking to us, but I was talking to them via Com 2 on a different frequency because that's how their, you know, uh, receivers worked. And...
0: I think I hear a 65 flying over right <laughs> yeah, now, by the way. you know way. who that is? Yeah, who is That
1: it? is Nathan Shakespeare. Is that Shakespeare? Yeah. I may have... Texted me the address <laughs> of the house we're oh saying my goodness. yeah and he was nice. like oh well if we're down in the dude, area I'm gonna,
0: I'm gonna text him right now <laughs> yeah like dude um you're on- it was
1: funny he actually called he texted me this morning for a pie rep of the la area because he's kind <laughs> of a goo and i was like your timing's perfect i'm driving on the pch like i'm looking at it. like you're good I yeah, can a little Send bit of rain it.
0: but get down here you know
1: yeah, that's definitely him. They, it was so cool. Um, they also flew over the convention center yesterday. Yeah. You and I just happened to be outside in the hallway and saw them fly over. So yeah, definitely cool. shout out to Fab Magoo for helping represent the 65 in the Long Beach area. Yeah. But
2: anyway. Sorry, back, I, back to I rudely,
0: rudely interrupted you. Oh, that's
2: okay. Cassie. I needed, you know, a break to get, <laughs> my, get, <your> thoughts <laughs> get my thoughts together. So, so yes. So discussion you know, essentially was like, I am taking over like safety pilot kind of like control of the situation. And the fire department's like, Hey, when you pick this guy up, we need you to like flab the river and then you're going to pass this bridge. And then there's going to be like a parking lot. And we want you to come land there and like meet us. And we're like, ah, we're let's just get the guy off the ridge first, you know? Yeah. And so first, that, you know, was kind of a conversation and uh Josh, you know, was doing his best like to hold uh a steady hover. And so we're like, Oh, we're gonna put the swimmer down, you know, it's gonna be seventy feet. I pick this guy up, bring him in, then we'll talk about what we do from Easy. there. Quick, but, you quick know
0: Pop quiz. That's not What's really. the minimum cable length?
2: Minimum cable like two ten. I was to say two. I think
0: I think two ten, right? 210 to two forty five. Okay, yes. we'll look we'll look it up later. I think we're all right though. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Whatever Cassie says is what I'm going. <laughs>
1: no, 210 was in my mind, too. Um, okay. But that may have been sorry. because I did, like, read the summary of this, and it was like, that is a high number of course cable that we're about to talk okay. about. So, that was a great Is it actually though. in there? 210.
2: Uh,
1: yeah. Well, okay. yeah, it is. Okay. A, cool. The amount of cable length.
0: Okay. Sorry. So, your rescue check keep, part two complete. I keep complete. interrupting, Cassie. This is awful.
1: So, so <laughs> no, who invited you? <laughs> I just invited oh, wait, myself. You invited
3: actually. us. Sorry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh All right. So you're like part two complete. you Josh two complete, has complete. Some references. That Josh he's has some.
2: At. He's, looking at. he's looking at trees. Yeah. He's okay. got a lot, a lot of trees to look at there and avoid. And so we start putting the swimmer down. We keep putting the swimmer down. Keep putting the swimmer down. This is a
1: very steep pitch too. That I'm looking at the picture. This is like no one's standing on this. This is like <laughs> no. This is like definitely vertical.
2: Uh. So you know, a hundred feet of cable goes out and. We're like, wow, oh, this is great. <laughs> so we don't really know where the end is in sight. And so 175 feet of cable. We're past 200 feet of cable before the rescue swimmers. is like, you'd briefed, close. You thought like 70, 70
0: feet. Oh, so I'm going to be honest. I did not read the summary of action because Flight did. through Friday, we do zero preparation. <laughs> that's- um, but that's pretty cool that that was the pop quiz. Yeah. And okay. your dad was like, wow, you, I'm like
1: taking <laughs> notes over here. Um, <laughs> So, so you had thought like seventy, this will be a seventy foot hoist, and you yeah. that uh, did you get the the red and white stripes? Or did oh they get yeah, in the then? end we did.
2: <laughs> um So so yeah, the rest of the rescue swimmer keeps going, and ultimately we got to two hundred and forty feet of cable, and like kind of to that red and white like ticker tape at the end, uh, the candy cane stripes, and at this point, you know, the swimmer's down there. The fire department's trying to talk to me. Josh is trying to hold a hover and the flight mech can't see the swimmer really at all. And we did have a night sun on board, but we couldn't, he couldn't get the night sun put back in place. And you know, this is another lesson learned is like, Hey, set up your night sun before you put the swimmer out the door, like where you want to go. Right. So we had the night sun. I think maybe that helps Josh a little bit with references, but the flight mech couldn't see the swimmer at all. And so to kind of tie some of this together is from the swimmer's perspective you know, we get him, like, close to this quote-unquote shrub, uh, which we'll come back to later. And he's down there with the survivor. And we're like, this is, like, going on, like, awfully long, like long, right? And I'm looking out the door with NVGs. And, um, you know, during this point in time, I'm also sort of playing flight mech because I can at least see down through my NVGs, like, some of what is going on. And the flight mech can't really see anything. And so now I'm trying to, like... Back up Josh on power and like tell him that he's descending or that he's like sliding in a certain direction and like so trying to try and direct that. And I realized I was like, we do not, I don't, I don't know how Josh set up the radios. So then I start looking at the radios and I'm like, we don't have the swimmer up. And I always in North Bend and uh, I do it sometimes here, but like probably not quite as often. I do transmit receive all in comp two or COM three. You can do it in both is like have the swimmer at least up in. Um, kind of like your background frequency. So something you can listen to, but you're not talking on. And so I get the swimmer up and he's like already shouting at us, like through the radio. And this is the first time we're hearing him like, oh my gosh. I was like, okay, like Jack, we hear you. You know, like, what do you need us to do? And so all of this turns into him giving us hoisting commands over the radio. And so now I'm relaying that information to Josh and Andy, uh, you know, in this
1: conversation here. And, um, so what he has that like, when, like, I don't know if they had their radios up, but like, uh, you know, eventually when you get the frequency up and you just hear the swimmer's voice just being like yelling, like, did it catch everybody's attention? Or like, sometimes if I'm the right seat pilot, like I'll just turn the radios down. Cause I want to focus right. on ICS. So were you like, Hey guys, the swimmer's telling us some things like, <laughs> yeah. like, how did that go? You
2: know, I think it caught most people's attention, but I don't know, like, I think I put it in calm too. And I, and I don't recall at this point in time, but you know, sometimes the flight mech won't have any of their radios turned up. So then I start talking. I'm like, okay, this one is talking to us like this, is where we need to go and all these things. And of course, right, right in the middle of this, right. The warning, the master warning light starts flashing on the helicopter. Oh, it was a good warm, just to give you some extra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Things. And I'm like, Silence. Josh, keep flying. I uh, don't see any secondary indications. All right, we're moving on. Moving on. So like, moving on. You know, next, because uh, we need an emergency procedure right now. And uh, so to talk from Jack's side of you here for a little bit, not to speak for him, but just some of the things that we talked about afterwards was like, hey, he's down there. He wants to abort the hoist, but didn't like we couldn't see his hand signals. We weren't talking to him at that point in time. And then the survivor was like trying to grab onto him but he's like holding onto the cliff sill, So he gets basically like swung into the cliff. The survivor grabs onto him. So he ends up like wrapping his arms around him and is in a physical grip. Well, at some point in time, he's like getting like rocked back into the cliff, but doesn't have enough time to get this, the survivor Strop, close enough yeah. in a place to like, yeah, get the strap on him. So he communicates with us and he's starting to say, hoist, 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 and we hear hold, 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 like up in the aircraft because, you know, there's a lot going on. Dude, (laughs) those radios never seem to work. Right. Well. So ultimately, um, he switches commands from hoist, hoist, hoist to hold, 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 or like, you know, we're hearing hold, 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 and he just says, go up, go up, go up. So, Uh, at this point in time, like I said, we had 245 feet of cable paid out and that's it. So, um, we start to bring him up, I think both via the hoist cable and the aircraft. And, uh, I will never forget this ever because I thought that we killed Jack at this point in time. So he just like lets out this huge scream on the radio and he's like down, down, down. And, uh,
1: so talking to him afterwards Sorry, <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, like I can, t- I can brief a little bit if you want cuz I think what I had understood what had happened at this point was he had he he had the physical grip of the survivor right and then he kind of like somehow keyed up which is not the first time we've heard this in a service case where like seems like common where like flight men can't see this when we're signals they like brilliantly use the radio to start like communicating uh, so he's like got this the survivor in a physical grip is like somehow the flight man gets the message of like hey start pulling in cable Uh, But there, like, happens to be this little shrub, which turned out to be, like, a A 25-foot tree. tree. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And, like, just, like, brang him, like, straight up and sort of, like, pinned him, like, head first into this tree. Right, yeah. So his head got pinned down
2: to his shoulder, like, well, into his armpit, essentially. And he was being crushed, like, his head. And I think his helmet saved his life. uh, And he's still holding the survivor at this point? And he is still holding the survivor. Yeah.
1: That's nuts.
2: So get him lowered down to a point, And now we're like all freaked out. Right. And so then he tells us that he needs to go right along the cliff face. <laughs> and where does right bring us? Well, right brings us forward into more trees and the flight mech looks up and he looks at the trees in front of us. He's like, do we actually have room to do this? And we're like, well, <laughs> we're going to try. And so, uh, you know, like I said, Running it's probably closer emotions. to that, like five feet. Right. But we get the stormer to a point to at least where he can get, the uh the strap around the survivor, and um, so that point I can sort of see a little bit more through like MBG's at least kind of like some reflections down there, and like I said, the flight mech still can't really see him at all. So now I'm playing flight mech as well, and. I, you know, talking to Jack later, I think that Jack was in a physical grip for at least 10 minutes, like while we were there Holy crap. in that hover. And like 170
1: like, pounds, right? Like he's physical right. gripping like 170, like a full grown A full percent. grown man. Yeah. yeah.
2: And he did it without letting go. Like when, you know- his life was in danger and he has had his head, you know, pinned down to his. And also, somehow keying the mic. Like, I don't think. And I can, keyed the mic. <laughs> I don't yeah. think
1: I can understand how that's physically. I mean, possible. truly
2: incredible. This is why we got Jack a, a distinguished flying cross because he did incredible. So,
1: yeah, well um, deserved for sure.
2: You know, he tells us that he has the person like hooked up, he's ready for pickup. And so at that point in time, we're like, okay, start. hoist essentially. And, uh, again, it's still 245 feet of cable paid out. And the flight mech realizes that the hoist isn't moving anywhere. And so this shrub, which was a 25 foot tree, uh, that we learned, um, well now the cable is snagged in the tree. And, you know, what would we do, right? Like, we talk about shearing, but I'm like, we cannot shear our swimmer at this point in time. Like, he is going to go down 400 feet. An and, like, yeah, that's it. That's it. And Snap, uh, like,
1: is it wrapped around?
2: So, like, we can see the cable kind of, like, coming up at an angle to us, like, from this tree. So uh, I start praying to God. I'm like... <laughs> God, like, I don't know what we're going to do, but like, we can't shear this. Like we're running out of fuel, <laughs> like power, all these things. So it's like a, it's start, like a night,
0: nightmare, right? Like, like, with a some, nightmare, like emotional yeah. swings and you're like, okay, we're yep. good. And then you're like, we're oh no, good. we're not good. Yep. So we're we start
2: good. sidestepping down the side of this cliff embankment. And we go like right and then down and then right and then down and try and get closer to the tree. And
1: uh, so you're de- Like when you say down You're like descending
2: We're descending You know down that really steep angle That you're talking about okay. Trying to keep the rotor blades clear On the left hand side so you're sort
1: of like following the terrain down Following the terrain down towards this tree Because you're Jack. out of cable Because
2: you have a thousand feet of cable paid out <laughs> Yeah And so I'm like how am I going to tell the swimmer this And so I'm like Okay Over the radio Over the radio Mike Jack The cable is snagged in the tree And I was like, I need you to start shaking the cable. And so the flight mech is shaking the cable from up top. The rescue swimmer is shaking the cable from below with the survivor strapped in, you know.
0: At this point, is the swimmer on the ground or is he dangling?
2: He is like, from my discussions with him is like, he is still like, on ground, but he's not like he's not like able to sit or stand. They're right, like basically okay. like hugging the terrain, right? Sort of
1: just like positive contact,
2: yes, just basically
0: or at right. least able to communicate, like, "Hey, I'm I'm okay. Like I'm not getting slammed into a cliff right, right now. He's not okay. swinging, yeah. Okay. So
2: he is like in contact with the ground. So he starts shaking the cable. The flight mech shaking the cable. I'm praying and <laughs> got a um, lot of lot of irons in the fire, okay. <laughs> Just trying all things and. Somehow miraculously, the cable lets go, and at this point, because of the angle at which we had caught the cable and then slid the aircraft for his like positive contact and to get him so that he could strap, uh, get the survivor strapped, uh, he just sees like twenty feet of cable drop next to him, and so they just start sliding oh, well, down out this a lot train. Of slack to try to unfoul. The at cable. this point, the well, survivor's
0: like, "I wish you would have just left me hanging on yeah, that yeah. bush." <laughs> and you guys shrub uh, sorry to? Shrub.
1: Yeah. <laughs> shrub yeah so they oh so once it
2: had freed that once it created had freed a lot of slack. Yeah. it created a lot of slack and so then all this cable drops next to him and he goes i thought you guys had cheered me oh and him and the gosh. survivor he's got him between his legs just start sliding, sliding down. down and then so we at the cable obviously and uh thankfully it didn't snap and so um we then slide right off the cliff. Well, as we're sliding right off the cliff to repaint the picture here, we're sliding over um, the river valley. So we're probably like 500 feet up and then you're going into kind of like black abyss and then yeah. there's uh, the fire truck down below to my right. That's like got the siren, like the I'm sure lights still flashing, flashing lights, which is, and not- I had tried getting them oh. to, you know, turn their lights off at least three Settle times down with the lights so we slide right, and Josh realizes that he put in a, a pretty big, um, you know, slide to the right, and so he tries to correct, and he starts sliding left. Well, I look left, and uh, I thought that you know for sure I was not going to come back this night, so I end up on controls with Josh. Yank the controls back to the right. And, you know, from my perspective, I swear we came within probably five feet of like hitting the cliff and another tree that was like, you know, growing up on that side because he tried to correct. Well, in that process, we swung the swimmer and survivor back into another tree um, and Jack hit the tree with his back. Um, And I think at this point the survivor went unconscious. Like we didn't know this at the time, but Jack was like, I mean, Here. I'm
1: about to go unconscious. Like, <laughs> I mean, I can't even blame yeah. the survivor. Is. I mean, maybe for falling, but good. Yeah. So, he, so, so, okay. So he's Holy trying to slide smokes. off the cliff to get sort of free. Of yeah. The so Josh area, just lost
2: like all of his visual references. Right. I mean, cause he was going like right, hoisting so over nice land, like trees. And then he goes to like break positive nothing. contact. Yeah. You know, like in front of him, except for like this you know, like far distance like bend in the in the, the river. And the fire trucks are on your side. And the fire trucks are on my side. So then he tries to pass me controls. And I've got the lights like screaming in my eyes on NVG. So I'm trying to find some sort of reference, to, like grab onto. Well it ends up being Josh and I both on controls over the middle of the river, like each trying to find references on our side. And work together to hold a stable hover. Like
0: anytime you start drifting too far left, you're like, "No,
2: no, my controls."
1: So this is good.
2: This like is good. literally, we,
1: I think, just with both recognize at that point in time. Sorry, with two, you're, this is all happening, and you have two hundred plus feet of cable pulled out.
0: Hopefully, the right. flat neck was <laughs> ripping I mean, cable like, up at this starting time, starting yeah. to pull cable yeah.
1: as fast as he can. Right, and so.
2: Uh, we are doing our best to just like work together to hold a hover. Like it took two of us to do it. And uh, so we get the survivor in the cabin and the swimmer immediately shouts out at us. He's like, hospital now, hospital now. And so, um, you know, like we worked through rest check part three and we start transitioning forward. Well, (laughs) neither one of us lets go of the controls until we're like, you know, like 70 knots, like 300 feet at least. And then it was like, Josh was like, your controls, you can fly, you know? Yeah. And so. It was a group
1: project to get. Right.
2: From and where you were. to so, flight. exactly. So now I'm flying up this like on a uh, familiar river valley at night. And I don't know where the cables are and stuff. And, uh, you know, we got screaming person in the back. And then we, Josh's, uh, he's like, his iPad just like all of a sudden blooms up. And like the whole cockpit fills. I'm like, can you turn that light off? You know, like, what are you doing? And he's trying to navigate. He's like, my iPad won't work. And I was like, great. I'm like, all right. Well, that's fine. Cause it's not our Tell primary what, like, means of
1: navigation. So you fly in the, del- in the Delta. So deal. No and
2: I'll navigate us. And so I pull out my iPad and like try to navigate. And he's like trying to push in like buttons. I was like, do not look. Down. That's like, <laughs> look outside. We are flying through a river valley that we have no idea where any obstacles are or where we're going. You know, we just know that we need to go to a hospital. So we get back up with sector and uh we coordinate, like, we're trying to go to this hospital. Well, about five minutes out from this hospital, um, they're like, you can't land here. I'm like, what do you mean we can't land here? Well, we don't it's COVID times. And they're like, we don't accept patients. Like, you know, so then we have to go to this other hospital, which thankfully is only another, you know, 10 minutes away or something. And, uh, we, this is like Medford area. And so, um, again, kind of like talking about earlier, we were skipping checklists, nerves of steel and, and Tammy Jo Schultz and, uh, not that we like fully skip checklists, but it became of like, hey, do we even have enough fuel at this point in time to like circle the hospital and like get a good idea of like where we're going to go land and like what we're going to do? Or is it just going to be like, we're coming in and committing to this hospital that we've never landed at before in this pad, right?
3: Because- I was, I
0: was even going to ask like, did you guys even discuss of like, cool, that was already a significant emotional event. I think we just need to go to a an airport that we know and are familiar and we'll have an ambulance- meet us?
2: Um, We weren't very familiar with the area. So we did know that there was an airport right there, but I don't know if that thought like crossed our mind because of the swimmer screaming in the back at us, like the hospital now. And so I don't think we realized, do you knew exactly like how critical the person was? And, um, but yes, that very significant emotional events that happened there. And so, You know, Josh is flying. He's like looking out to the left. He's like, "Okay, I see the hospital," and he starts coming right. And I look up, and there's like this huge like hill in front of us, and like all these buildings. And I was like, "Left now,
1: please." (laughs) Accurate, bold, concise. Left now, please. (laughs) It's important to be polite. Uh,
2: Yeah, did not see this, you know, because he's like focused on the hospital. And so we land probably with like 350 pounds of fuel, and we're coming in, and there's this like white tent, you know, for COVID stuff. We've kind of forgotten that it's like COVID because of everything else that's happened. And um, yeah, so bring him inside. And then we're like, do we need to leave the swimmer behind in the hospital? Because like, we don't know what we did to him. And uh, it's a while. Like, we're like, OK, either of them going to come back. And so we fa- send the flight mech inside to go find them. And um, thankfully, you know, we, when we pulled up, like I could see the runway lights like in front of us, like in the distance. And,
1: oh, you were close to.
2: Uh, yeah, pretty close. So uh, we landed And, um, we had like, we all pretty much kissed the ground and had like a a big group hug. And I think just all the emotions like right there and Josh called back home and he's like, we're not coming home tonight. Um, you know, so like, let's go get a hotel room and fly, fly by the site the next morning. And, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. And so like when we got back to the unit, like we were all like pretty quiet, I think, you know, as a crew and what had happened and knowing, how close we had come to like so many things, right? Like I don't know how we didn't over in this whole process. Like we hit like ninety nine, you know? <laughs> like I just And if you had, that would have been like the
1: least crazy thing that had happened. Right.
0: But but also like it's so ingrained to us that even though we are oftentimes on the verge of death, we're like, Oh, don't overtork, you know, like Do your daily <laughs> habits <of> like, on
1: <laughs> a good day because <laughs> your instincts on a bad
2: day. That's like right. it's so that, true. That,
0: which can also transfer to neg- negative Not stuff, right? Thing. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Over the hell out of it. I
2: don't and think we mean, got I, yeah. back and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you guys are awesome. We heard you that you saved this life. And we're just like, and then everybody's like, you look like you've seen a ghost. And yeah,
1: like we I'm not ready got, like, for my gold star yet. <laughs> I need like a minute. Yeah, but, yeah. We all got
2: pulled in and we're like retelling the story. And cause you know, ops and I think the rescue swimmer chief came in and they're talking to us and they're like, do you guys, does anybody need SISM? And we're all like, oh no. We're like, oh. We're all great, you know. Yeah, the standard and answer s- then is they're like, okay, good. tell us like what happened and tell us like takes like an hour and a half or two hours to like tell the story of what happened. And I'm sitting over there and like shaking my hand shaking and I like can't keep it still and like our voices are cracking and they're like, Okay, that is not what we thought happened last <laughs> night. This is different. Uh, and yeah. like you're all coming back tomorrow to do season and I was like, yeah. That's a really good thing because then,
1: you know, I heard my swimmer say, I thought I was gonna die.
3: And I was like yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I can still tell even just like watching you retell, like this is still, I mean, this was three years ago. Right. I mean, like, (laughs) I don't know. It's so cool that, well, A, that you're like willing to share this because this is like still clearly like near and dear to your heart. And um, I don't know, man. It just kind of proves like we're close. Like we're, I mean, that's a human on the hook there. And like, don't take it lightly. Um, But that's cool that your command kind of like was like, what happened And even though they sort of expected to just hear like tales of like heroism and like how great you were, they were like, Whoa, this is actually not what I expected. Right. As opposed to like, I mean, it could have been maybe very easy for them to let you sign in the aircraft and be like, Hey, you guys just take the rest of the day off and like not talk to you.
2: Right. Right. I think all we wanted to do was just go home and it was probably like a lot of thing that we all sat there and talked and then came back and talked again the next day and uh, our flight bank that was their first live voice ever. They had been a qualified flight bank for like eight months. And <laughs> Dude, all these yeah, cases so. are
1: like, oh, this is my first uh, yeah. live voice. You and show for that
0: debrief, and the flight is like, oh, just just a little anecdotal. Like, uh, this is my me. first. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, boy, here <laughs> we go. Here yeah. comes the 2 a.m. crappy <laughs> yeah. weather launch. But yeah. That is what an awesome case, Cassie. Incredible. Like, I, you guys have probably heard me say like, I, that's what I get excited about for this podcast (laughs) is like listening to people, um, especially like those people that are like, I knew I wanted to be a coast guard pilot or air crew or or swimmer. And they go through all this training just to be ready to go. when the SAR alarm went off that night and to be like, yeah, we were on the limits of the aircraft. We were on the limits of ourselves and you guys went out there and you hung it out on the line and you saved that person's life, you know? And that's, that's what gets me so excited. And and you brought back
1: your entire crew. I mean, that's like not to be taken for granted either.
0: Right. Right. So
1: team effort, you know, that is an incredible case. I think, you know, a
2: huge amount of trust all around there. And I think the one thing that I'd offer people to that um, I've learned through going through counseling myself here and continuing to fly is that, a lot of times we feed ourselves these like negative thoughts afterwards. Sometimes too. like even though the case went like the case ended well, right? But there was a lot of things that happened during it, and I started walking down this road of like, well, what if we had actually like hit the cliff or the tree, or like what if we actually couldn't get that cable like unsnagged from the tree or, you know, like all these things. Right. And, um, I was like, I can't do that to myself. Like we came back. And so sometimes we like, you know, we learn in aviation that there's always, I'm always learning every day, every time I go out and fly, but sometimes we focus on the negatives versus the positives. And like you said, we build our daily habits. Right. And like, what are the things that we have available to us in that time and moment when we have that adrenaline rush, we also have to build those positive things into our our mind of like that I can reach back to and say, well, we did come back safely. And that was because, you know, we were watching where we were at. We did have our head on a swivel. You know, like we were working well as a team for us to be able to take controls or work together on the controls or, you know, like all those things versus just the like, what ifs of like, what could have happened or Like what went wrong? So that's what I would offer.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, to, to expand on that even a little bit is, in aviation, like, yes, we, we will focus on negative things, but it's how you do it. And what you're like, what is the motive to do it? Right. Like you look back and you're like, dang, I could have done that better. I'm going to share my experience so that the person that finds themselves on a vert service case is like, Oh, I remember Cassie told me, I should have made sure I had done this, you know, just like, you know, Tammy is like, Oh yeah, all these things went through my head. And, right. and those are all experiences that people share that were like, I could have been better that day. And it's a continual strive for perfection and we'll right. never, we, we never reach perfection. Right. But hopefully we, have, hopefully we get to excellence. I think is how yeah, it's that pursuit, quote goes, you the, know, it's beautiful yeah. thing
1: to pursue excellence. Like yeah. that's sort of like, it's not actually about the end game. Like it's beautiful pursuit. You're better for the pursuit than you are actually yeah. achieving it. So. so what also, if there's something else you
2: want to learn about the radios, you know, a little, <laughs> little nerding out here.
0: Oh boy, here we go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would say, you know, Always have your swimmer up, <laughs> whether or not yeah. you're going to. Tip. You're in oh, I thought you were going like to like school me
0: up on how to do transmit receive. I don't oh, think I can I was tell ready you for about transmit receive yet. all. So
2: you know, like <laughs> com two, com three gives you the ability to do transmit receive all. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, please ask your AC the next time you go fly. That's my co-pilot, but, more or less. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Let me ask. There's a
1: better chance my
2: co-pilot. So if knows you how to go do that. into com two and then right lines you know, up at the top, <laughs> yeah. uh, you can switch. Yeah, having the swimmer so.
1: Is a, is a good point. If you
2: didn't know, and this is what I learned afterwards from uh, Zach McCune at the time was my AEO and he's like, oh, you didn't know you could do this on the radio. I was like, no, I'm not as smart as you. Um, so the story if you do preset zero into COM2 or COM3, then when you go into that, it opens up these blocks for you and you can do a transmit frequency and a receive frequency. And so we could have just used one radio.
0: Yeah, man. One one did you, didn't you know that? Oh, that's what you were talking er, about. Yes. I knew that. Dude, <laughs> Ed, this is basic more. level stuff, Amanda. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 so, you know, <laughs> things I learned afterwards and yeah. then, you know, moving forward for my next couple cases. cases. Yeah. So.
0: Well, awesome. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. Um, so we yeah. always like to end the... Uh, the episode with some sort of aviation advice that you have received in your career that you like to give. So, um, floor is yours.
2: Oh boy. Uh, really putting me on the spot here. So <laughs> I would say that to somebody told me coming up, they're like, you know, you have two buckets, you have your experience bucket and your knowledge bucket And when your experience bucket is empty because you're relatively like new pilot, you want to make sure that your knowledge bucket is full and not necessarily that you want your knowledge bucket to empty over time, but your experience bucket is going to start to fill up. And so now you can use those two buckets together to help you, you know, moving forward. So maybe if you don't have that time to dig into the dash one all the time, but you still have some of these experience nuggets that you've learned over time, then you know that will help you moving forward. But definitely, as like a newer pilot, keep that knowledge bucket full because the experience bucket might be a little empty.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Amanda. I think we should just fire Sam. Thanks I, for. I thank you so much. You're for saying way that. better. I've than, been thinking yeah. that the whole time. Good. Good. <laughs> Who
1: needs it? Maybe he can like get us beers. Maybe he's be like a beer guy. Yeah. But not actually get the microphone.
0: Yeah, he's just the worst. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks for uh, co-hosting. I I appreciate it. Um, you hanging out with us?
1: No problem. Do you want
0: to end with some advice too?
1: Um, Sure. Mine's quick. Yeah. Okay. I would say it's actually similar to Cassie. So it, uh, I did not hear it from a pilot. I heard from my dad. Uh, it was more to deal with sports, but he always told me uh, you're either getting better or worse. You never say the same. So if you think you're staying the same, you're actually getting worse. Getting worse. Yeah. So uh, we work really hard to qualify and you're like actively getting better. And when you get qualified and you're like, oh my gosh, I made it. Definitely kick your feet up. Enjoy the time. For maybe a couple months and then like get your face back in the dash one, like yeah. in the books. Cause like, if you are not getting better, you are getting worse. And I think that like was for sports, the thing, but definitely for,
0: it applies to everything.
1: Yeah. Like, and I think flying especially. So it's like, um, if you haven't dug into the books, then you're you're probably getting worse. So you may want to think about that. But yeah, that'd be my little tidbit to offer. Cool,
0: Awesome. Well, once again, thank you guys so much for inviting me out to women in aviation conference. And for I had a great time. Yeah, and for I think there were some the support. Yeah, yeah. Really good, good discussions. I think that we had and sounds like we've coast guard has some, some room to improve, but also doing a pretty darn good
1: job. We're having the conversations. Yeah. That's so. great. So I'm gonna be sad for
3: that.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah, we're happy to have you. It was funny. Um, I was very easily oh to like, pick you out in a room full of women. I was like, oh my gosh, there's Kenny, and I could tell he was like, okay, Amanda's like one of these people with a ponytail. So it was cool that you came out.
0: Yeah, for a while there, I was inadvertently standing at like the front doors, and so like everyone coming in <laughs> would just see me first and like, what are you? What are you even doing here? And you're like, sorry, I'll go stand somewhere else. But yeah, <laughs>
1: that's good. It's good for you.
0: All right, cool. That's it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
3: We say